Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. Today we're very pleased to have back in our studio Pastor Collins Ace Days of Second Baptist Church in Atlantic City. Pastor Days, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me back. You know, we ended the last program on a very high note of the citizens really taking over their building in a very troubled neighborhood where they were uh, providing security and as well as making sure that the maintenance was being done, and, and they were actually creating some new jobs. And so what's going to be the model to move forward uh, with, with that, particular, um, that particular technique? Well, one of the things is, is you know, that, that is so interesting that uh, the owner worked along with the tenants. And so, uh, but we have been working with the owner for some, <laughs> over a number of years in terms of getting them to the point of doing that. Uh, and we're hoping that we can take that model and uh, and take it to the other neighborhoods uh, because what it does it it cre- not only does it create jobs but it gives our people an opportunity to take some pride in where they live. Yes, and yes. that makes all the difference in any neighborhood. A neighborhood has to take the, uh, pride in, in how they live and what their housing looks like and what their neighborhood looks like, and you know and and even take an interest in who's in their neighborhood. That's right. That's and right. Uh, that's one of the things that really made a difference because they were able to identify uh, people who were not of their neighborhood, or even the people who were not, uh, who had a negative impact on their neighborhood and did it in their housing and did, uh, and, and went through Herculean efforts to make sure that those people were removed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, has anyone had the idea, I know this is just now happening, but it seems to me that someone can write a grant uh, to, the, to the federal government to get funding to really take this, this, this program uh, on a more formal basis. Well, that's one of the things we're looking at doing is seeing uh, through if the city or some other entity uh, mm-hmm. can uh, provide a, some some funds to help create this model mm-hmm. and do some training for the model, uh, not only for the residents but also for owners in our community. Uh, because one thing Atlantic City is known for is absentee landlords. You know, a lot of speculators come in thinking this is going to be a great investment. And then they move to New York or wherever they are, and, and leave buildings uh, unattended, and uh, and it, so it becomes very uh, the buildings fall in disrepair, yes, and yes. people still live there because they have no, no other choice. Right, right, right. So it has to be something that's not only it has to be a landlord-tenant relationship. And in regards to the crime in Atlantic City. Um, are there two or three things that maybe the administration and police department could do to uh, reduce crime? Is there some obvious things that uh, maybe they might be missing? Well, you know, there's, there's several things that, you know, has been uh, talked about for quite a while that uh, I think needs to happen. I think there needs to be another emphasis for community policing. Uh, we have uh, too many police cars sitting in, you know, in their cars and not engaging the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They need to be out of those cars, walking the neighborhoods, talking to people, uh, a matter of fact, I had made mention uh, that the former police chief had never been in our community. You know, you know, the right. only time he comes to the community is a photo op, and so the new police chief is a whole lot better and, and engaging. But we need we need to get back to uh, community policing. We need some substations in our in our most troubled neighborhoods. Uh, you know, uh, it's one thing to show up when there's a shooting or there's a fight or some other kind of trouble. Um, but you can't get any information because they don't know you. But if you're walking that beat and you're getting to know the children and, and you know and the families in that neighborhood, you'll have more inroads to getting information, which is desperately needed to solve some of these crimes. 
And it's not like Atlantic City is big. I mean, no, it's, it's small. It's small. Right? You know, it's uh, it's about uh, at the widest point, it's about three and a half miles, and, and as long as about seven and a half miles. I mean, you can one of the few cities you can walk all over and ride all ride a bike all over without any problem. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's a city you know just about everyone. You know, it's 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 uh, you get a chance to know um, a lot of people in the city. That's right. You really do. You really do. So so people, as they say, people know where the criminals are, are buried, so to speak, or, or where they are. And they, and most of the times they know you know who committed the crime. It's just getting that information to the right sources. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, Governor Christie has. I guess, made his political moves in Atlantic City there. I understand that now the state of New Jersey controls the uh, casino district. That's it? correct. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what is your perspective on Is that going to enhance Atlantic City? Is that going to help Atlantic City? Or is it just going to create two, two different worlds? Well, you know, it's very interesting. We've been debating this issue for the longest as it relates to the casino district. My issue with the casino district first was that uh, they had planned, there was an agreement to do it before the details were given. Uh, so we didn't know what it was going to do, how it was going to really impact Atlantic City, uh, what it was going to do for the tax, what it was going to do for the residents, you know, where the casino lines were going to be drawn. Uh, I see it now that it could be a positive thing. Uh, but it's up in the air. Uh, it could be very negative because most of it is really the emphasis on the casinos, as it, as it say, and not necessarily with the with the community. Mm-hmm. And they can't divorce the uh, can't cut it up and make such a dichotomy that it's just casino industry and then then the neighborhoods. It's all one. Right. We're affected by the casinos. The casinos are affected by the the, the neighborhood. Right. If the neighborhood is crime ridden. Then the crime doesn't stay with it outside the casino district. Right. It goes it goes up on the boardwalk. It mm-hmm. goes on the boardwalk with the little old ladies with the pocketbooks getting snatched. Or right. Right. Um, I just got a uh, a very sad letter from from a young lady who just got out of prison and, and just went into uh, drug rehab. Uh, but her letter was that she snatched a pocketbook uh, from a lady, and uh, the man, her husband, chased her and had a heart attack and died because of that. She was charged with manslaughter. Oh no. You know, oh. and 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 uh, she just got out of jail for five years, and then coming in, and so she don't, she went back to what she knew: prostitution and drugs. Wow! And that's the sad mm. story that happens over and over and over and over again. And so then the casinos—you just can't have uh, wealth on one side and poverty on the other side, and the two never meet. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And so then, if they're really going to do. Uh, develop Atlantic City as a casino district, they have to do something about um, the poverty and the crime and the lack of education and the lack of employment in the city proper. And, you know, uh, I was a senior in high school when casino gambling passed uh, for, for Atlantic City only in New Jersey. And it was supposed to really help resurrect the entire city in regards to jobs, employment, and education. And it's it seems like uh, it's failed on all three grades. Well, you know, there's there there they haven't made A's, but you know, I, but there have been some very good things that happen in Atlantic City, and I you know I have to I have to uh, you know um, give the kudos where they are. I mean, they've mm-hmm. done a lot for housing. They've mm-hmm. done. I mean, the the schools the schools are uh, very modern and very up to date. Um, there are some people who have, have uh, 
been gainfully uh, have become mm-hmm. gainfully employed from the casinos is just. But the promise is that when the you know when the tide rises, all the boats rise. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> but that's not where it is. And uh, my the biggest issue now is that we've got to do something about the least of these in our community because they're suffering greatly, and all of us uh, are suffering because they're suffering. And um, do you feel that the current administration is 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 doing the best that they can to address these issues? They can't uh, not not the best that they can because first of all, there's there is a disconnect between the the state, the county, and the, and the local government. The, what needs to happen in Atlantic City is going to require the state and the county as well as the city government. And, uh, you know, since Christie has come in, or actually since any, uh, since any Republican government has been in, have not been uh, working so well with our local governments. And so that's why the casino district is there, that now they can operate outside of the auspices of the local government, you know, even when it comes to uh, the planning and development. That's now outside of the jurisdiction of the local government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then, because of that, uh, that's the tremendous uh, problem that we're facing, that somehow the, the, the local government and the governor's office, they're going to have to work together. Yeah, yeah think, uh, They're not going to be able to do it. It's, it's, uh, it's hindering uh, the economic and social development of Atlantic City uh, because of that. Now, in, 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 your, in your church, you have a number of ministries that uh, focus on helping to build the community. Um, what are the specific programs that, that, that you're really stressing uh, within Second Baptist Church to address uh, these issues that we're talking about? Well, we've got several. We've got, well, we have 63 ministries here, and all of our ministries, uh, should, you know, we try to develop our ministries at, toward, as a holistic approach. Uh, to the whole man, and uh, so we, one, of the, one of the major ones that we're dealing with now is that uh, through our uh, Christian Recovery, that's Drug Rehab right. Ministry. Right. Uh, Christians in Recovery. Christians in Recovery. Oh, we yes. have a, uh, uh, even we have a large membership, and most of our members are have, have been addicted, are addicted, or know somebody addicted. Mm-hmm and uh are recovering from something whether it's gambling whether it's a sex addict whether it's mm-hmm. a uh whether it's a, a drug problem or alcoholism mm-hmm. and so we try to address those issues uh, and we have uh, you know we we do soup to nuts from that we yes. have uh from those uh we do the support but we also send people away to uh who need you know 6 months 18 months uh drug rehab to give them a good start uh, because when they come back home, they're coming back into an environment that is just, uh, you know, you can buy drugs anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. uh, it's easier to get in the length city than gas is. So, uh, and so then we do, we deal, we deal with economic development. We deal with housing. We deal with, uh, we deal with, uh, uh, you know, uh, mentoring young people uh, to and to encourage them to go in school, go to school, stay in school. Uh, we deal with the teen moms. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we try to deal with, uh, we try to be a relevant church to the issues that uh, that uh, are pressing in Atlantic City. Right, yes. And, um, you know, I'm all, when, I, when I come home, you know, I, I come to, 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 to your service, and I'm always inspired uh, by your sermons, and, and, and I'm always inspired by my good friend Thomas Jennings uh, with his choir. And have you given thought to... 
um, taking your message and 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 the and Thomas's music out into the city, out away from Second Baptist. To... Oh, we do. We have. Uh... You know, it's very interesting. Um, we have some of the most... Atlantic City has some of the most talented people in the world. Yes. You know, and um, uh, interesting enough, the the choir, they they perform often in the casinos. Uh, they perform at the House of Blues. They've done some Christmas programs at the various uh, casinos. Um, we have a service every Sunday outside in one of the, one of the most notorious parks in Atlantic City. Oh, uh, so every Sunday morning, mm-hmm. we are the church is uh, taking it to the streets. They're in, mm-hmm. the, they're they're doing ministry uh, in the uh, drug infested areas where, oh, wow. where they're doing heroin and, mm-hmm. and crack and everything else. They're right there in the midst of that, wow. and they're reaching a number a number of people, you know, of people. Many of our people in leadership are ex addicts, and so they have a heart for and an understanding of how to deal with them and to reach them. Uh, so we, we're, we're very community conscious. Wow. You know, I wasn't aware of taking to the streets in regards to every Sunday uh, being in one of the, not, I guess it's every Sunday you're... you're well, every Sunday. We have four services. One service is outside in the park. It's called Preaching in the Park. We're taking it to the streets. I didn't realize that was every Sunday. Wow. Every Sunday, yes. Until until the weather gets so bad that no one can be outside. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Days, your first service starts at what time? <laughs> it starts at 8, and then... Oh. It, then we have an eleven. Then we at ten at ten o'clock. We are at in the park, and mm-hmm. at eleven o'clock we're back in church, and then seven p.m. we have a, a hour a, of power. Hour of power. Oh, that that is phenomenal. That is yeah. phenomenal. And um, have you partnered with any of the other pastors in Atlantic City to address these issues? Yes, we've been trying to work with uh, churches. A lot of churches uh, they're doing um, a lot of their own things, and so uh, the bigger. The bigger issues we work together on, mm-hmm. uh, and we come together on in our communities uh, and try and develop. Uh, one of the biggest issues, what we really need, though, in terms of doing anything, is really funding. If you're really going to do something meaningful and impactful mm-hmm. and long-lasting, it's mm-hmm. going to take funding. And no one's putting prog- money now in programs that's really needed in our cities. Has, has anyone made a proposition to the casinos that the casinos could put forth funding to to assist with these issues oh we've developed programs and people have promised but it comes down to the bottom line and they'll tell you they're not in the business of uh, they're in the business of making money mm. uh our pitch is this that you know but they got to come through the community that's right and that's so right. but now they've widened the streets out taking houses out of the, that you know to taking the eyesores out of the major thoroughfares that's coming in they spruce them up so you just drive straight through the community and see some nice trees and nice flowers and end up in the entrance of the casino. Mm-hmm. And once you get in the casino, they want you to stay, they, they try to keep you there until you're ready to leave. Right. That's <laughs> so right. So then even, you know, and so uh, that's one of the great things about the walk. The walk does have where people now can do some things. You see people outside of the casinos, not in the community. Right. You know, it's interesting. Back in 1984, uh, I was living in Los Angeles, and CBS actually did a report on Atlantic City. And um, Atlantic City was known as Beirut back in 1984 because you had the casinos where everything looked great, but then all the dilapidated housing and abandoned housing. And uh, it seems like um, it's getting better, but you would think that we would be beyond that now. You know, when I, it's interesting. I came in uh, around that time, and that's the first thing that I said, not knowing about the report. I called it Little Beirut because <laughs> houses were bombed out, looked like they were bombed out and abandoned. And, uh, and that's, why we, that's how we got into community development. We began to, uh, right around the church, I could not drive into church not one more day. And all the abandoned houses uh, that were around the church, at least 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
the people that it attracted and the kind of problems that you would you could come out of Sunday school and, and see people shooting drugs or you know or or alcoholics all over the place and broken glass and trash and paper and, and so we did, we we developed a community development program and so we start tearing down those houses and trying to uh, replace the housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I came, there were bars all around the church. Uh, we we purchased four different bars and liquor stores. Mm. Because, you know, the thing was, if you can't get rid of them, you know, you can't beat them, just buy them. Okay. And so uh, to, change the, to change the, you know, our neighborhood, I mean, you know, four liquor stores <laughs> right close to each other, bars, and, and so right. we, bought, we bought two bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, bought, uh, we bought a, uh, a, a lounge, and, we bought, uh, and we, bought, we bought three bars. Okay. And so then, and then closed them down. Right. I think it was Ike's Corner was one. We bought of Ike's Corner. We yeah. bought Crown's Liquor, uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 Royal Liquors. We mm-hmm. bought uh, the Wonder Garden, mm-hmm. and we bought an, uh, another bar. Right. Yes. Yeah. And and it changed our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, it, it, it would be great if every church could do that, but you know, sometimes you don't have the resources to do that. We were just fortunate at the time to have the resources in order to do it. You know, if you had your choice, if you if you had the mayor's ear, what three programs would you want him to do? Well, one of the things would be is to go into the communities and develop uh, some a arbitration. You know, in terms of just dealing with our young our young people uh, with the anger. One of the one of the things I found that our young people are just so angry. And, and and it's not without merit. I mean, when you when you don't have a future, when you don't have a job, when you don't when you don't see it brightening up, and so then a lot of times the anger and aggression are taken out with when something has to be done about that. They have to have some hope. Right. Uh, I think we live in a city where people are without hope, mm-hmm. and they have to have something to look forward to, and that's one of the things that, that has to be directly to our to our young people. And because of that, people turn to gangs and everything else because they need protection because, you know, people are angry. And the slightest thing, uh, they desire respect and want respect. And so the simplest thing, you know, mm-hmm. goes into, uh, it escalates into something that is, that is, uh, that Tra- becomes very harmful. Tragic, yes. Yeah, the, the other thing is that we, that's something that really needs to be done now because our young people are just so angry. The second thing is, which is more long-term, they've got to develop some job programs and getting people a GED mm-hmm. and, uh, and getting licenses and getting expungements so mm-hmm. they can get some gainful employment. That's going to take a longer time. Mm-hmm. It's going to take money. It's going to take some changing of uh, the government because you, the government has to change some of its rules that you, 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 if you've got a record... Right. That you can't work anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you when you when you condemn a person that can't work anywhere in the city? What do they do? Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and and the light has not come on yet to to our city fathers or to the county or to uh, or to the state government. And then we've got to do something about housing. We're mm-hmm. really got to do something about adequate housing uh, for I mean, you know, for our our people. Uh, we have so the housing is so overcrowded, and they can't afford the housing that that, that there is. And the housing they're talking about bringing in is, is more high-end housing. Right, right. You know? Right. And, and so then when they ship people out of the city, they ship them to other neighborhoods to create more problems. And have you seen any glimmer of a hope that, as you said, the state, the county, and the city, uh, and the citizens have to come together? Have, have, you, have you seen any activities or meetings or, 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 or rallies that people have been trying to do this? 
No, and that's the unfortunate thing, uh, that the lines have been drawn, I think, by county, by state, and by city, and they're not crossing yet. I think it's going to take um, some other crisis, or the crisis has to get to the point that it forces them to do something. We're not there yet, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let's 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 uh, talk about Second Baptist. Uh, you've done a lot of great things at Second Baptist. Um, what do you consider uh, to be some of your key successes in Second Baptist Church in Atlantic City? Oh, I don't know how to. I don't. I don't know what a success is when it comes to church work. Uh, <laughs> but I think one of the things I'm excited about is that this church is a blend of our community. That when you come to here, it is, you know, uh, I remember seeing uh, one Sunday a mother uh, whose son was killed sitting by the mother of the person who killed her son. Mm. Or, you know, you see um, a person who had been arrested, and the police officer that arrested him is behind him, and the judge that sent him to prison, you know, is uh, in front of him. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's the kind of place. We have 17 different nationalities here. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, that when you look out in the congregation, you see every aspect of our community, uh, the good, the bad, the different. I, was, uh, I remember going to the supermarket once, and a lady said to me, she said, uh, Reverend, I was thinking about joining your church until I sat in the balcony, and I saw the neighborhood dope dealer, and I saw the, the prostitute from on the, who hangs out on my corner all sitting up in the church, and I said, I can't join that church. And I said, you know, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. these are the people that we're ministering to. Right. And, uh, and so that's, that's what I love about Second, that you can come in and you feel uh, comfortable and a part, and I don't care who you are, what walk of life, uh, you're accepted here. Mm-hmm. 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 That is so true. That is so true. And uh, in regards to what's next for Second Baptist Church, I think you have something on the drawing board. Correct? Yes, we do. We're planning on uh, expanding our facilities. Uh, mm-hmm. We need more room. Uh, we want to do more ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's like a sardine can. You can't get more. You can't do more with. Uh, you can't get only get so many sardines in a can. Right. <laughs> and so right. uh, we're looking at expanding our facilities so we can do more ministry. Uh, there's still such a tremendous need. And uh, we are determined to do our part in changing and impacting our community. And uh, that withstands what the state does or what the city government does or the county does. We have a responsibility uh, to meet the needs of our community in a very impactful way. And, and that's the challenge and the charge of this ministry. And I'm grateful that we have a tremendous amount of people uh, who've had, had, had experiences, uh, very negative and some positive. Uh, and putting back those experiences to be a benefit and blessing to a whole lot of people in our community. Not only in the community, but throughout the world, because we do ministry uh, all over the world. And in this new facility, will it also have a K-12 through school or charter school? Uh, we've developed, uh, we've been working with charter schools. Uh, we've already helped develop two charter schools, and we're working on a third one now. And uh, uh, we're not sure... Uh, whether we're going to do uh, our my goal and, and dream is to have a boys school that ha- that the boys stay on campus so they can get them out of out of their environment and that they can be so that's my dream it's a long way off mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. hoping that because until we can get our kids out of their environment for a little while and, and you know and not send them back into that situation but have them long enough to inculcate some things in them uh, some very positive things 
some of them will not make a change. And um, how would you describe your leadership style? I think my I think I'm an empower. You know, I, I like to empower people uh, that they can take charge and control uh, of their situation and circumstances. Uh, so I like to um, I, I have the inverted pyramid. You know, I think all leadership that we ought to empower as many people as possible in our community that they can effectuate change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with empowerment, um, that includes that you will provide them with the tools and resources or training that they need so they can uh, undertake their task successfully? Right, and, and even more opportunity, because a lot of times what people don't have is opportunity. And so uh, we do a lot of networking, trying to put people at the right people, you know, and uh, people in the right places so they can have an opportunity to make some changes in their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I tell you, I, I, I might get the Scripture wrong, so please correct me. Uh, in your sermon on that day, uh, you were talking about, uh, I think it was uh, Mark 15 or Mark 5, v- verse 15 up to 30. But it was about the woman who touched uh, Jesus' garment, and he felt that uh, some power had, had left his body. And uh, as he was uh, talking to this other man whose daughter was dying back at the house, uh, one of the servants had come up and said, um, your your your." Your daughter has died. Don't don't pester the master. And Jesus uh, said to the man, uh, "Don't be afraid. Just believe." And you don't know how, just how powerful those words that you said that day uh, were to me. And uh, on my board at home, I have "Don't be afraid. Just believe." Mark fifteen. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit more about that and, 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 and how you spoke about that during that sermon that day? Oh, that's, you know, that's a message to me because oftentimes the challenges that confront us are so overwhelming that they cause us to fear. And fear is the worst thing that could happen because fear paralyzes us from doing anything. And, and, and the whole idea that Christ tells us is this, is that don't let your circumstances stifle you. Don't let whatever you see that seems so insurmountable that you can't make it. He promised us that all things are possible to those that believe. So if we, if we can get past the fear, instead of, and instead of letting it paralyze us, continue on, there's tremendous breakthrough and blessings for us. And that's, what, that's our message to our community. That, well, we've got some tremendous obstacles to overcome. And uh, they, they have been generational obstacles. Mm-hmm. But if we keep pressing on and not be afraid of what we face and push through it, we'll make it. And, and, and what we'll accomplish is just we'll be blind-blowing. Wow. And, and Pastor Days, we're, we're, we're down to our last question. And I'd just like to know, who are some of your personal heroes? Oh, you know, most of my personal heroes are unsung heroes, people that you don't know about mm-hmm. that have impacted my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, my father was an alcoholic. My mother was raising nine children alone. And just men in the neighborhood who saw something in me and took time enough to pour their experience and to give time into me that really didn't change my life. And, and, and you know, that informed me that, you know, that you don't have to live on the wrong side of the tracks and, you know, that you can get an education. I was the first person in my family to go to college. And it's because other people said, you know, and told me I could do it and I could make it. And so it's, it's those kinds of people that have impacted my life uh, just by taking time with a little, with a little kid that, you know, didn't, ha- didn't have anything going for him, and they, and they just poured into me. And, 
and that's why I try to give back that there's no person that's insignificant and that uh, it, there's hope and uh, ability in every one of us. All it needs is a chance to be awakened. Wow. Well, Pastor Days, I tell you, the last two weeks have flown by, and uh, I've learned so much more about you and your leadership style, and, and I, I respect you so much. And I want to thank you for coming on this program to talk about your leadership perspective and also your perspective on Atlantic City. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, man. And you keep up doing the great work because we respect you, man, and, and uh, you're doing it. You're impacting a lot of lives. Keep it up, my friend. Well, thank you, Pastor Days, and God bless you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Pastor Collins A. Days, pastor of Second Baptist Church in Atlantic City. And, uh, again, we want to thank him for coming on the program. Uh, this is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. And for my friends down in Rio, I'm streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.